Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for November 20th, 2016. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Steen at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled, Remember Me. I'll start with a story. Rabbi Weiser was a rabbi in New York, and he was transferred to Nebraska. Maybe not a land full of Jews, I don't know. But he arrived there, and not long after he arrived, he received a phone call from the local KKK leader who said to him, are you the new rabbi? And Rabbi Weiser said, yes, I am. And he said, well, you better watch out, Jew boy, and hung up. Not long after, Rabbi Weiser received a package in the mail, tons and tons of hate literature from white supremacist groups. And he was told that his children should be careful. So he called the police, reported this, and they said, oh, that's probably Larry Trapp. He's the local guru of the KKK. He probably won't bother you, like really physically harm you, but he's just setting out to scare you and He probably is not going to hurt you. I'll pick the story up later. It's the last Sunday of the year. You may think that that comes at the end of December, but it does not. Today is the last Sunday of the Christian year, that is. It's the 27th Sunday after Pentecost which was way back on May 15th. So we've been living in the afterglow of Pentecost, the birth of the church for 27 Sundays, and now we land on this last Sunday of the year known as Christ the King Sunday. And we have a text that sits in Holy Week. That's not till the spring. And not to confuse or confound things, but we're approaching Thanksgiving Day all while we're already inundated with everything Christmas. We don't get to even enjoy orange and burnt orange and brown and garnet because we're already at red and green day. And in the midst of all of this, we're living in the aftermath of an election. Have y'all heard about that? So, whoever the designers of the lectionary are, were, that picked this text for this day, I'm personally unhappy with them. (laughs) Because how am I supposed to bring all of this together? So I decided to land on, we're at the end of the year. Next week, we get to start over. 
It's like a do-over starting next week. Don't wait till January. Next week is the start over New Year's resolution day. And we'll be introducing words. We'll start with hope and we'll build to peace and we'll look forward to joy that we might learn how to love. Those are the words we'll be looking at as we kick off a new year. So as we finish one year, it would seem that we're going to get where we're going by way of the cross. And the way of the cross is always a treacherous journey. On this cross, as we close out the year, before we head into the next, all full of hope and peace and joy and love, we take a look at what happened there that day at the end of Jesus' life. They ridiculed him, even putting a banner over his head that read, This is the King of the Jews. What kind of king is mocked and tortured? What kind of king doesn't even speak up in his own defense? What kind of king forgives those who are killing him, those that are actually carrying out the unjust punishment, and those that are just standing by and watching without lifting a finger or even speaking up for him to save him? What kind of king is this who is powerless over his own destruction? It's not your typical king. Our hymnal was chosen just before we arrived here. So if you don't like it, don't put that on us. <laughs> it took me a while to get used to all the word changes if you grew up in the church. But I was instantly drawn to this hymnal and I was grateful for the sensitivity to inclusive language. Words matter a lot. And constantly referring to humanity as mankind and God with only male pronouns is hard for me. So I was grateful that this church was sensitive enough to choose a hymnal that took great pains to ensure that all of God's children, male and female, are included. And that the image of God is mostly, the image for God in our hymnal is mostly God or sometimes father and mother. But I had never given thought to all the language of hierarchy in most of our hymns. Lord, Almighty, King, and other names for God and Jesus that denote that one rules over another in a system where there's one at the top and everybody else is subject to the one. At first, I was baffled, and at times, I was just annoyed at the new language that seemed cumbersome and a bit unnecessary, except the inclusive language part. I like that. <laughs> and then I realized that people that live under any sense of oppression, people that have a history of slavery, people that have been under all of their lives might find the absence of, the kind of, of that kind of language as liberating as I did about gender language. Now, some folks might say that this hymnal is just being politically correct on steroids. Or maybe it's just being sensitive to everyone's story. 
and knowing that everyone's story is not my story and how we use words really does matter. So I have come to appreciate our hymnal even sometimes when I'm singing from memory and realize we're not singing the same words. <laughs> but when we hear King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we can't help it. Our minds go to palaces and stately authority. Our mind does not go when we sing Handel's Messiah, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We're not thinking about a king hanging on a cross between two thieves. We're thinking of a mighty one who has come to rule and to save, and that is not Jesus. A king denotes power, upper class, wealth, strength, and might. But this Jesus, king of the Jews, has turned the image upside down as he hung on a cross to die. And in his dying breaths, he whispered words of forgiveness, mercy, grace. King of kings, ruler of all. We don't picture that as forgiveness, mercy, grace, words matter. And in his dying breaths, he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then one of the guys hanging beside him said, do something. But the guy hanging on the other side shushed this guy and defended Jesus because somebody had to because Jesus wasn't going to do it for himself. And then this guy says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And as I read this text over and over and over, what I heard was, remember me, remember me, remember me, remember me. That's all we want, isn't it? To be known, to be remembered, to be understood. So as I pondered this, remember me, I took some liberties with the story. What if the criminal meant it more as a question? Instead of a, remember me, what if it was, remember me? Remember me? I was the guy on the street corner begging for money. And then I finally broke into the store and stole the food. Remember me? I was the guy sleeping under the bridge that in a fit of rage beat up another guy for his blanket. Remember me? I was the guy who bought drugs to numb my pain. Remember me? I was the guy who heard all about you and doubted your miracles as a hoax and spoke ill of you and called you all kind of names and caused a ruckus and started a riot among your followers. Remember me? Well, now we find ourselves here, and all I really want is for you to remember me. Remember me. Now, 
I don't know what these guys did. They owned their issues. They owned their guilt. I know that. I don't know what they did to land themselves in this predicament. But it occurred to me that in all of Jesus' travels, surely their paths would have crossed. Or at least someone just like them. And I'm not excusing the criminal's crime, but it's worthy to note that the criminals and Jesus shared the same space in freedom and in persecution. And when one of the criminals asked to be remembered, Jesus simply said, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me. Right now, right here, in this very moment, I am with you. I do remember you. What he said was, Truly, I tell you, today you'll be with me in paradise. But I think that's just another way of saying, today my grace is sufficient for you. Today you are loved. You are forgiven. So be at peace. So maybe instead of a banner that read, this is the king of the Jews, it should have read, this is the king of second chances. Do you ever wish you could have a second chance? A do-over? A ch second chance to say something different or maybe not say something at all? Do you ever wish you had a second chance to repair a relationship or make the most of some opportunity that you squandered? Do you ever wish that you had a second chance to chase a dream you deferred or follow through on a responsibility that you avoided. King of the do-over. One of the key themes of Jesus' death and resurrection. Not simply that we have a second and final chance. But rather that we always have available to us another opportunity for life, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And if that's not something to be thankful for, I don't know what is. One commentator said, I think the key to preaching Christ the King Sunday is to realize that Jesus is not coming to just be one more king or ruler or president or whatever, but rather he is ushering in an entirely new order, a world and an order and a reign and a kingdom that is characterized by new life, hope, grace, and above all else, love. Words matter. And if you are not speaking words of grace, forgiveness, love, compassion, hope, peace, and joy, you are not speaking Jesus' language. I don't care who you are. Another commentator said this about the church. This is no king that is recognizable in our world today. 
There is no leader recognizable in our world today that looks anything like this King Jesus. She says for the church to continue to be the church, to be the force of everything that is good and decent in the world, and isn't that what we're supposed to be? The force of everything good and decent in the world, we will have to tell the truth about ourselves. We will have to apologize for not standing up for the very persons Jesus sought to save. On his right and on his left is where he started. To forgive those who try to silence our voice. We have to look to the left and we have to look to the right and notice who is getting hanged on a tree and then our job is to stop that. The salvation in which we believe because of the cross of Christ is not just about Jesus' death. It is salvation in which we believe because we know about Jesus' death and suffering. But we also know who he stood beside and with in their own suffering. Rabbi Weiser took it for a good little while. Finally, he looked up the phone number for Larry Trapp. He called him. Larry answered the phone. And the rabbi said, I'm just wanting to call to leave you some love notes. What happened in your life that you don't have enough love? Click. So every Thursday at 3 o'clock, the rabbi called Larry. Because at 3.30 every Thursday, he taught the children their bar mitzvah class. So at 3 o'clock, that was a good time to call before he met with the children. And he would call and just leave him little messages. You need more love in your life, Larry. I would like to be that love. He did it for weeks and weeks and months and months, just leaving these love notes on Larry's answer machine. And finally, one day, Larry picked up the phone. Why are you calling me? You're hassling me. And the rabbi said, I just want to talk to you. Well, what do you want to talk about? Well, Larry was a double amputee from early onset diabetes that he did not manage well. And the rabbi said, I hear you're disabled and you might need a ride to the grocery store. And Larry said, I've got that covered. Don't call me anymore. The next Thursday at 3 o'clock, the rabbi called him. <laughs> One day, Larry called him and said, I've got to change my life. Will you help me? So the rabbi and his wife went to Larry's house. He called a few friends and said, if you don't hear from me by 5 o'clock, come, come to this address. It's where my wife and I will be probably dead. He gets to the door and Larry, he rings the doorbell and Larry comes to the door in his wheelchair and opens the door with a couple of guns hanging off of his uh, wheelchair and, and, and a gun across his lap. And, and the rabbi looked at him and and took that big gulp 
And Larry said, I just needed to make sure <laughs> you were coming in peace. Will you take all the trappings of my hate-filled life away? And he took off his rings of white supremacy and they began to collect all the horrible literature in his apartment and they put it in a box and they destroyed it. And the rabbi and his wife invited Larry to come live with him, with them in their daughter's bedroom. He lived nine more months. A gestation period for a new life. And he became one of the family. And he died loved. That's Thanksgiving. It's looking to your right and saying, today, mercy. It's looking to your left and saying, today, grace. It's looking in front of you and behind you and offering and oozing love. That's thanksgiving. But every time you look to your left and every time you look to your right, you must realize you are on someone's left and right. Thanksgiving will happen when we learn what it means to be a Jesus kind of king. A king that gives life away in love. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.